Welcome to Core Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukla, and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to another core parenting conversation with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukla, and I am your host. I'm a child development specialist, a parent coach, and I'm active all over social media in my membership platform. And today I'm coming to you on the podcast. So it's summertime, which means that a lot of families will be traveling together. Whether that means long road trips or airplane rides or shorter day trips, I know that many of you will take this on in the upcoming months. Now, traveling is something our family loves to do. It's something my husband and I have always prioritized for ourselves when we were dating and newlyweds. And then when we had children, we continue to prioritize it. In fact, my eldest took his first airplane trip when he was nine weeks old, which I still question to this day because I wasn't even fully healed. (laughs) And we got on a plane to come visit family. And then before he was two, he had been on over 20 airplanes. Now, of course, that slowed down when COVID happened and we had two children, but we actually switched to a lot of driving. So we've done 12-hour trips many times from our home in Florida up to North Carolina. We've done road trips up and down the West Coast of the country, airplane rides, and we do a lot of day trips. We call them adventures. So this is just something that we as a family were well-practiced. And every time I post about these trips or traveling with my children, I get asked for what do I do for activity ideas and tips and planning stuff. And I never know where to begin because it's almost like it's automatic for me. So after our last trip, which was a 10-day trip, we flew from Florida to Utah, and then we essentially road tripped around Southern Utah, Arizona, Nevada. And we spent a lot of time at Zion and Bryce Canyon, which are both national parks and just unbelievable. But this really inspired me to write a summer travel guide for parents. So I really tried to systemize what is it I do with my children? How do my husband and I plan ahead? And we almost go, we just have it down to such a system. I also went back into my archives, literally through like pictures. And I was asking my husband and looking at old posts of what were our favorite activities for our children when they were younger and toddlers. Because in my opinion, toddlers, because movement is such a critical part to their activity and their awake time, those are the hardest age group to travel with. Doesn't mean it's we can't tackle it and we can't enjoy it and have fun and do it. It just means that there's a little bit more to consider there. 
So I wrote this summer travel guide for parents, and this is available for purchase on my website, www.kayleekukla.com backslash downloads, and it'll be in the show notes. Or if you're a core member, all my core members automatically always have access to all of the downloadables in their membership site. So for this podcast, I wanted to pick out my top favorite tips from this guidebook that I wrote for you so that you can step into traveling with your family very confidently. If you're someone that wants a more concrete plan, you want reference lists and idea lists and all that stuff, then the book is definitely that for you. But I want you to walk away from this podcast feeling really confident and excited about traveling with your children. Because fact of the matter is traveling, whether you're traveling to a cool adventure place that's hours away from you, or you're visiting family, or you're taking little day trips and nature trails and hikes, It's such an incredible gift to build family unity, a sense of belonging, a family identity, and just rich background experiences for your children. So if those resources are available to you, the time, the travel, those types of things, I just, I highly encourage it. Don't let that fear of traveling with children hold you back from just experiencing some incredible things. Okay. So now let's dive in. I have three tips I want to share with you, and we're going to do a little deep dive into each three of these tips. First, we're going to talk about practicing acceptance. Now, this sounds super basic, but I think it's actually the most important and also the most difficult for parents. What is acceptance? Acceptance is simply softening yourself to what is happening in front of you, staying present, observing, being witness to what is currently happening right in front of you in your environment. What is and letting what is just be. I always think of the Beatles song, Let It Be. And I won't sing it to you, but so often when I need a reminder to myself to practice acceptance, you'll notice in this podcast, I think a lot in like song lyrics as a way to just soften me and ground me and help me accept things. And let it be is how I remind myself to be present and to practice acceptance. Now, how do you know if you're not practicing acceptance? Because I go to this place often. And so I've developed a little internal check for myself to know when I'm resisting the moment. And that is when I start shooting on myself or my children. What is shooting? It's when we start thinking about what could happen or what should be happening. So these come up as thoughts such as, so this is like internal dialogue. And maybe you do say these things out loud. Sometimes I catch myself saying these things out loud, but so often this is my internal dialogue. So the thoughts inside my head, this should be fun. Why isn't anybody having fun? This should be fun. I should be able to relax. This shouldn't be so hard. This should be easier. They should appreciate this more. 
they should be more grateful. They should show some appreciation. I shouldn't have to deal with this. They shouldn't be acting this way. All of those really reveal that we're resisting the moment. We're shooting on our children. We are not practicing acceptance. Now, acceptance is not passivity. So I'm going to show or share with you, not show you, tell you how I shift from this rigid, unyielding kind of mindset and of not accepting the moment to a more open accepting. And then when we get clear on what is, what really is happening, then we can figure out, okay, what do we do with this? Instead of spending all of our energy on just fighting what is actually happening, we don't spend energy on fighting what is happening. We accept it. And then we spend our energy on how to meet the needs and work with what is happening. It's empowering to do this. Okay, so this is how I shift those thoughts. When I hear in my head the should and the could, okay, so I'm sharing you the voices in my head. I hope most people listening can relate. Um, Talk to myself a lot. Here's what it sounds like when I'm practicing acceptance. This moment is what it is. It is what it is. And I can handle this. We can handle this. This moment is a small piece in a much bigger picture of this trip. It's a small moment. It will pass. This too shall pass. This moment is not a reflection of my child's gratitude or appreciation. This is a reflection of the state of their nervous system. It's not personal. My child is doing the best they can with what they have available in this moment. And so am I. When I say those things, doesn't it just feel softer? It feels gentler. Our mindset is so important when we're stepping into situations with our children. Because our mindset really does affect our energy. And our energy is what really helps our children develop a sense of safety in certain situations. You know, they're attuned to us, to look to us, and we signal is this situation safe? Can we handle this? Is this doable? So we're constantly building emotional safety. And we're influencing their experiences. So what experiences, even when they're new, can we handle this? Is this something that we're excited about? Maybe we're a little nervous, but we're also excited. So it's worth battling the nerves and fighting through that to get to the other side to experience that payoff, you know, that wow, like jumping off the diving board for the first time. Maybe that nervousness, yeah, we can notice it and listen to it, but we shouldn't just pause because then we'll never get to experience the fun of jumping off the diving board, so to speak. So our children look to us for those type of signals. Or is this a real fear response? And maybe my body is telling me I'm scared of jumping off the diving board because I don't feel confident swimming. And so I should listen to that. That's not just nervous, excited. That's true, like nervous, fear, stop. 
So our children, when we get into this mindset of acceptance and we can do this, and this is just one moment, this too shall pass. This little piece does not make up the whole puzzle that is our experience. When we go into it like that with that energy and we soften and we approach our children and we're accepting of them and their feelings and their experiences, all of a sudden what we're communicating non-verbally, all energetically to our children is we can do this and we're going to get through this and we're going to go to the other side and the experience on the other side is worth it. The other thing I want to just remember for our first point, so we've talked about the power of acceptance. And those subtle mindset shifts, how we can catch ourselves when we get into this non-acceptance mindset of shoulding and coulding and how we can switch that. Also, remember that excitement is very dysregulating to the nervous system. So when we get excited, even when it's a positive, so like jumping off the diving board for the first time, if that's a positive experience for you, or going on an airplane for the first time, maybe that's nerve-wracking, but the destination is worth that nervousness, right? So we can push through it a bit. That excitement that builds up before we do the hard thing to get to the other side is still very dysregulating. So when our child, it puts our nervous system on high alert. And when we go on high alert, anybody, not just children, I get like this too before a big trip. You know, I'm I'm just on high alert. So I don't sleep as well. I might be a little more irritable. And that's just me like getting in the zone, the preparation zone and that little bit of anxiety. But it's worth that to get the other side. Now, what we need to do is we need to notice that that might bring on challenging behaviors for our children. And when we think about it, you know, it makes sense. When we travel, we're in different environments. Our sleep schedules are usually messed up. Our children are, we're all in a different sleep environment. So I don't know if maybe you're like me and that first night in the Airbnb or the hotel or wherever you're staying, you don't sleep as well because subconsciously, your body, your nervous system is on a little bit of a higher alert. We also eat different foods or maybe on a different schedule or there may be like different house rules or expectations. You know, all of those things can just dysregulate our child's nervous system. These challenging behaviors are to be expected. And so that really brings me to the second point of expectation management. I think one of the things that really tripped me up when I was a new mom and traveling with the baby is I expected my baby to sleep the same (laughs) when we traveled and or sleep in the pack and play or sleep in the travel crib. And that it was not a fair expectation to put on my baby. And then I would get more agitated because I had these expectations. My baby wasn't meeting these expectations. And so I got caught up. Here's the link in this should and could game. He should be sleeping. I shouldn't feel this tired all the time. Like this isn't fun. Like all of those type of mental mind game gymnastics that I would play with myself. So what I started doing in addition to practicing acceptance in the moment was also proactively just managing my own expectations of the trip. Think about when your child is overtired, when they do 
eat a lot of stuff that they don't normally eat when they are really excited. Like think of how they are around their birthday <laughs> before a birthday party, you know, let or Christmas or a holiday that you celebrate. Like let's just normalize this a little bit that children are going to get dysregulated. They're going to display these more challenging behaviors. And if we depersonalize it, if we manage our own expectations ahead of time, we're going to be able to show up and respond in a much more regulated, helpful way and may even be able to provide some proactive buffers, so to speak, for our children. And the buffers, so this is like the second point and a subcategory. So this buffer time is something I discuss in the workbook, the travel guide, because whenever I'm planning a trip, whether it be a day trip, so we go away for a day and then the next day following that when we're back at home, or if it's a longer trip, I always, when I can, to the best of my ability, try and plan in buffer days. So what a buffer day is, is for example, I'll use our big trip that we just came back on from Utah. We came back, we flew in on a Saturday so that we would have Sunday to reset and buffer ourselves before we went back to work and school on Monday. Now, Monday was still rough, throw in the time change there as well. It was still kind of rough, but it was not as rough as just if we hadn't had that day to come home, unpack, decompress, kind of just spend family time together, get reorganized. My children were so excited to be home and be in their space and play with their toys. They needed uninterrupted time to just play with their toys, get resettled in their environment. It was such a smoother transition back into our normal routine because we had that buffer day. So if it's available to you, if you're planning on going to a wedding maybe or longer trips or even the day trip, the day before the event, so let's say you're going up to a wedding, if you're in the rehearsal, so it'd be the day before the rehearsal, give your day a flex day. And what that flex day, I have some tips for what that buffer day or flex day looks like is you want to have a couple of low key things planned. You don't want to free for all because remember not having no structure can feel really dysregulating too, but low key things. And I like to plan activities that are outside because being in nature, being outside in the fresh air, if you summertime, so if you can go swimming, So this might be if you're vacationing like somewhere near the beach or the lake beach or lake house, if you have a pool in the area, like we're just, we're going to spend the morning and we're going to go to the pool or we're going to go, there's a little bit of structure. There's an activity to look forward to, but it's not a super structured activity. There's time to decompress. And that's really what I'm looking for when we do the buffer time. It's also a time to reconnect. So usually on those travel days, you know, parents are super focused on getting there, keeping everybody safe. We're more on like the survival, like super focused mode. The buffer day, or even if you can just do this for a couple hours between gearing up for the activity, that buffer time is really about that reconnection and figuring out like, what is my child's experience like really attuning to their perspective 
So you can kind of see, you know, are they feeling overwhelmed in this situation? Are they really struggling with the water? Do they feel safe around it? Do they need me nearby? Or do they really want a lot of independence and autonomy right now? What's my comfort zone with my children? You know, water safety when you're traveling around that, that's a big deal to kind of figure out what does that look like for our family? Do I need to be in the pool? Can I be right by the pool? Do they really want to swim to me? All of those things, just calibrating yourself to the new environment, it's really helpful to do with your children. So that expectation management, expecting some of that dysregulation, those challenging behaviors that come alongside of that, and then proactively planning to the best of your ability, right? We make plans and then we accept what is, not what should be. But those type of situations just help buffer it a little bit decrease the stress, therefore decrease the stress behavior and allow us to practice that acceptance when we need to. This core parenting conversation is made possible through Chatbooks. Chatbooks is a photo book company that makes high quality books at very affordable prices. They have a super easy to use app that allows you to download pictures directly from your phone without any glitches. Y'all, I used a different photo book app for years and it took forever and there were so many glitches regardless of if I use my phone or my computer and I'm so glad to be done with that. (laughs) If you do have any issues, like one time I couldn't figure out how to switch the cover I selected, their customer service is so helpful, kind, and fast. She fixed it immediately. I didn't have to do anything. If you follow me on social, you know how passionate I am about connection and how much I teach about using pictures or visual supports with children. I use chatbooks to make these family books several times a year for my children. And these are books that my kids go back to again and again and again and again. If you want to try out chatbooks and support me in this podcast, use the code Kaylee, C-A-L-E-Y, and you'll receive 20% off your first purchase. Their month book program is a great way to document your summer. So check it out. And again, you can use Kaylee, C-A-L-E-Y as a code to get 20% off with your first purchase. Now let's dive back into this core parenting conversation. Okay, so moving to tip number three. Tip number three is actually four. So it's big bang for your buck here. And I made an acrostic, which is in the guidebook. So if you get that, you will see this and you'll have some time to think through these things for you and your family. It's prep, P-R-E-P, prep. The first P is picture it. So this refers to visual schedules, kind of drawing out the day for your children. The pictures match the activity. So this may be, you know, I give examples, like actual pictures of what these could look like. So we have a formal one in our kitchen. And then when we travel on days that I just, my children feel very untethered. So they're just, there's not a lot of that built-in security. They don't really know what to expect. I'm sensing that because they're super irritable. They both have their own 
early warning signs of that, those challenging behaviors and dysregulation. I'll get out an eight and a half by 11. We always travel with like drawing paper. I'll get out some of their computer paper that we bring, the printer paper, and I will hand draw. And y'all, you will see my abysmal hand drawings in the guidebook because I am not an artist. I'm a writer and I'm okay with that. So... I will draw like a square plate with two circles on it for breakfast. That's breakfast. And then I'll draw like waves, not even a real pool, like waves maybe in a circle for pool time. And then I'll draw like a square for watching a show. I mean, that is the extent of my drawing. And like I said, you can see it in the workbook. It's a good laugh. But those visual supports go back to the expectation management for our children. When we know what to expect, it primes our brain. We're we're better able to accept it in the moment. So picture it. Use pictures to communicate things to your children. Even prepping them for, you know, relatives. Maybe they haven't seen in a while. And you know how relatives are. They're always so excited to see the children and they want to gush all over them. And the kids are like, who the heck are you? It creates this like really awkward moment. So going through and showing them pictures of loved ones and, oh, remember Grandpa Joe and you used to love riding on his lawnmower with him and you had so much fun. Those type of conversations can really just help prep the kiddos. So that's the P in prep, the first P. The next one is role play. So engage in play. If you have a child who is, you know, three, two and a half, three, four, five, if they like this pretend play, if and you can even do it with figurines, so dolls and stuffed animals, their favorite toys, blocks, block characters, or you can do it with yourself. Role play certain situations of the trip, whether it be driving in a car or checking your bags at the airport or flying an airplane, whatever that may look like for your trip. And here's the trick. It's not really a trick, but it's so often we can use role reversal as a really great way to empower our children. Now, what is this? This means the child is the one in charge with the most control during the play. So maybe they're the pilot of the plane. Maybe they're the person taking the luggage. Maybe they're driving the car and you're the child. Maybe you don't want to give up your luggage because you don't know what's going to happen to it. Maybe you want another snack in the car, or maybe you want um, mommy or daddy to turn around and look at your drawing and they can't turn around and look because they're driving. (laughs) These are all really great ways to kind of get a gauge on what your child is thinking. And I have a story about this. I don't want to forget to share. So what your child is thinking, their perspective, and also a great way to empower them because they process so many of their emotions and fears and new concepts through play. Play is the number one learning vehicle in early childhood. Speaking of perspective taking with your children, this is an aside story. So we flew on planes a bunch, then COVID happens. We stopped flying on planes for about a year and a half. And the first plane ride my children went on, and it had to be actually about two years, was to go see my Nana in Ohio. That was like our first trip. She's 92 years old. 
super important to me that my children know my Nana because she was a huge influence in my life. So my kids have always loved flying on airplanes and we're sitting at the gate and I'm alone. I'm flying solo with my two boys. My husband could not come on this trip. My four-year-old starts panicking when they start boarding. This blindsided me. I forgot. Like he couldn't remember the last time he flew because he was barely two when everything shut down in March of 2020. So he really hadn't been on a plane since he was barely two years old. So of course he has no memory of it. He thought that the airplane was going to feel like a roller coaster because he had been on rides at Disney that he could remember. He thought the plane was going to be like a roller coaster. And it took me a while while he was freaking out while they were boarding to figure out what he was scared of. He was like, no, no, I don't want to go on it. I don't want it to be like Slinky Dog. And Slinky Dog is a roller coaster at Disney. That's what triggered, oh my gosh, he doesn't know what it feels like to be on an airplane. And I did not prep him for that. I didn't even think of that. So when you're prepping, when you're role playing and when you're practicing, which is going to be the last P, it is so important to not just assume we know what our children are thinking and really get curious about it and really listen to them as we play. Okay. So we've done picture it. We've done role play. Now we're going to talk about electronic support. And this is one that I really wish I would have used for my, he was then three and a half year old before we got on this airplane for the first time in a very long time. The electronic supports are, there are so many great shows that discuss travel and airplane and going places with children. So Daniel Tiger has the Tiger family trip episode and a book. There's a blippy episode about being on airplanes. You can go to YouTube and you can just search like airplane travel with children. I linked in my travel guide, I linked tons of like documentary style, like kid documentary style videos about traveling, about checking your bag, about going through TSA. Going through TSA can be upsetting to children because I have to put my bag on this dark conveyor belt. It goes into a dark hole. Where does it go? What are they going to do to it? Do I get it back? It can be very intimidating to children. So there's all kinds of videos and actually seeing other children do it, seeing it work out on the screen in real life, like it being a real representation of what's going to happen can really help children mentally prepare for it and help you explain things like to my child about an airplane doesn't feel like a roller coaster. It feels like a car. Really, you don't even feel it moving. Okay, so there's a long list of all those things in the workbook. E is electronic supports. The last P in prep is going to be practice. So practice is very similar to role playing. It can be, you know, well, hand me your bag and I'm going to put it on the conveyor belt and practicing taking off their shoes if they have to take off their shoes for TSA. Usually 12 and under don't but you know, sometimes getting in and out of the stroller or maybe, you know, getting in and out of their car seat on an airplane, this idea, it's going to be a little different than in the car, wheeling the bag, making sure they can independently navigate their suitcase. These are actual skills. So the role playing is play, 
practices the concrete skills that are really important for traveling. Practice staying close to mom and dad. You know, make it a game so that when you get into a more public setting, you know, red light, we use red light, green light, or freeze or pause to my kiddos and we do it playfully at home and their brain is more likely to recognize it in the moment when we're actually doing it. So those are my top three tips out of my summer guide. There's a ton more in there and there are lists and lists of prep videos, our family's favorite travel toys that are low mess low mess. And I don't like a lot of pieces either because then all you're doing the whole dang trip is trying to like not lose pieces, which it's inevitable we lose pieces. So they're low mess, low pieces, and high engagement. It has the videos, the books, the shows, a list of helpful mantras for parents, some planning exercises, some checklists for you. Um, and all of that is available at www.kayleekukla.com backslash downloads. And remember, core members automatically receive access to all of these ebooks, workshops, weekly Q&As, all of that good stuff. So if you're interested in joining that supportive community, you can head to www.kayleekukla.com backslash core, C-O-R. I want to thank you so much for joining me for this week's podcast. I'm so grateful to you. I'm grateful to this community. And I just really want to encourage you. It can feel really daunting if you aren't used to traveling with your kiddos to do it. But these enriching experiences, they're going to stretch you as a parent, but they provide so much value to your experience as a parent and your family's sense of unity and community and adventure. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, start with a day trip. If airplane travel sounds really intimidating or a long car ride sounds really intimidating, do a couple hours away, find something, a hike, something in nature doesn't have to be expensive to do. Thanks for tuning in. A great way to support me and the efforts behind this podcast is to share it and review it. That helps more people find out about me and my work. Also work with the sponsors. So anything I sponsor on this show or sponsors me on this show is a company or product I used before them becoming a sponsor. So I actually request a sponsorship opportunity with the companies because I already use and love their stuff. So this is true of the sponsor of this podcast, which is Chatbooks. After spending years, years, y'all, struggling with other phone photo book apps, I'm not going to name any names, but it was a struggle. I was recommended chat books by moms in a Facebook group. And I was like, whoa, so many moms recommended chat books. I'm going to go ahead and try it. So I went ahead. I tried it. I loved it. It was so easy. I use it regularly now for my family. You can just download their app and you can make a photo book in less than 30 minutes. I like almost cried because I had wasted hours all the time before I found chat books. In order to support this podcast and to get 20% off, you can use the code Kaylee, my name, C-A-L-E-Y, and 
that will get you your 20% off and just support me as a podcaster. So I am so grateful for you all. I am wishing you safe and healthy travels. Have a great week and I will meet you back here um, next week. Thanks. Have a good one. 